0: Welcome to the e Elaborate Topics podcast, where we focus on lab-specific strategies for medical laboratory professionals. We're proud to be the healthcare detectives that work behind the scenes to get the results needed to influence medical decisions. Let's grow together and jump right into the lab. Welcome to another episode of Elaborate Topics. I am your host and leadership mentor for this episode, Tawana Wilson. If this is your first time tuning in to Elaborate Topics, thank you so much for tuning in. Please make sure you share this out with your colleagues with your fellow medical laboratory professionals with your healthcare colleagues who could benefit from these practical tips if you are a returning fan thank you so much for continuing to listen to the show week after week after week thanks to your listening efforts we have had over 50 episodes to date Elaborate Topics is a weekly podcast that gives you practical and professional tips that you can use inside and outside of the lab. We give you those leadership tips, those technical strategies that can help you in your career as a medical laboratory professional. Myself, along with my two sister scientists and hosts, Lona Small, and Stephanie Whitehead bring you these topics each week and also bring you some amazing guests that are working inside of the laboratory. You can go back and find previous episodes at directimpactbroadcasting.com or your favorite podcast platform. Today's episode is a good one. We're gonna be talking about career mistakes and I don't know about you, but I have made several career mistakes that cost me and cost me big. I'm sure your parents probably told you that it's okay to make mistakes. And if you've listened to me, you probably heard me say that as well, but it's not always true. Sometimes success is more dependent on you making fewer mistakes. that fewer mistakes rather than doing something spectacular and mistakes can matter and they really can matter a lot and we'll talk about that here in today's episode as I was preparing for today's show I came across this statistic and it made me think like hmm that's interesting so I'll ask you did you know that the 200th best player best tennis player that is, wins about 49% of the points that he or she plays. So the 200th best tennis player, get that, wins about 49% of the points that he plays or she plays. What percentage of points does the number one player in the world win? And you're probably thinking it's ginormous in comparison to the 200th best player. Well, actually is 53%. The difference between barely scraping by and being the best in the world is making 4% fewer mistakes, at least in tennis that is. So it brings up good discussion for today's topic that career mistakes can be just as costly as that, as being a tennis player. There's a big difference between losing a job and being promoted. And, you know, I'm all about landing a job or roll of your dreams and getting promoted are huge. I mean, life is too short to be working in a job that you absolutely uh, despise. So today I'm going to talk about some of the mistakes that you can uh, not do on your career path that could cost you. So are you all ready to jump in and Figure out what's the best career experience to ensure ensure you avoid uh, some of these costly mistakes. All right, let's jump right in. The first one is failing to network. That is a huge career mistake because your your network is your net worth. And so the value is in your network. It's very important to get to know the people that's in your company and that's in your industry, especially for us medical laboratory professionals. Interestingly enough, many jobs are never posted. They're simply offered to people. And I don't know about you, but I've had that happen inside the organizations I've worked for many times where they just created these positions that you didn't even know were available. And all of a sudden one of your colleagues has been named the new director over this, the new project manager over this, the new manager over this. They're simply just offered to people. And you could be missing out some great opportunities by keeping to yourself instead of networking. I can remember going through a speaking class and one of the things that my speaking coach uh, said was, you know most of the times it's not about your ability it's about your visibility so a lot of times people don't have an ability problem they have a visibility problem meaning that your employer doesn't know you exist or the hiring manager doesn't know that you are there you don't know you exist i can remember being at an employer And I had found another opportunity. I was getting ready to leave that organization and I attended our last leadership meeting and it was leaders across all of our locations. And one of the leaders said, well, I hear you're leaving. That's too bad. We have some opportunities that are coming up and you probably would be a great fit for them. And he was like, well, you know, it's very unfortunate. And at the time, I had already put in my notice. I was already headed to another opportunity that I was very excited about. And it was unfortunate that it didn't, you know, that opportunity within that organization didn't come about prior. And it wasn't an ability thing. It it truly was a visibility thing issue in in the sea of over 10,000 employees and I was in my department in my small department and at the time you know I really didn't have somebody that was in my department advocating for me to move outside the department or to do anything else then my visibility and my strengths and what I could bring to the organization were pretty limited And so when you fail to network, people don't see or don't always see what you're able to do. They don't always see your strengths. So failing to network can be a huge, heck, can have a huge uh, negative impact on your career and your career advancement. If you ever need a job, your network can be invaluable for sure. If you haven't read it already, check out the book, Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. And it's a good, great book that talks about networking and building relationships. And it's easy enough to, to go to lunch, grab your lunch, warm it up, go back to your desk if you're in an office or eat by yourself and jump on your phone, jump on social media, But are you missing an opportunity to be able to meet somebody and connect with somebody who could have the key to open up your next door, who could know somebody that has an opportunity that would be a good fit for you? Again, it's not always about ability and your technical strengths and being a good hard worker, coming to work on time. Sometimes it's about the visibility and who knows you. And who knows your name so that would be the first career mistake uh, to avoid is failing to network the second career mistake would be failing to dress the part or having a poor wardrobe for the position you're trying to get to you want to dress for the position or the position one level above yours Dressing like your boss, if your boss is a professional, (laughs) that is, is is generally a good idea of what is acceptable in your particular culture, organizational culture, or, you know, what is seen as a standard. If you're underdressed, you know, I know people like to be casual, which is awesome, and depending on your work environment, that could be acceptable, Uh, but most times in the hospital settings, it typically is not people will assume that you're not serious and so you know it your how you present yourself your wardrobe can make a huge difference on if you are positioned for advancement if you are positioned for career success i've seen it many times where people come to work and they're very casual and it doesn't look like they're serious about wanting to move into you know leadership roles or roles in which you need to have a more professional attire maybe you're interacting with our external customers and stakeholders and if you are not looking that part it doesn't look like you're ready to move into an opportunity if it presents itself i can remember going into an interview And I was, at the time I was still a bench technologist, but I was going into another bench technologist role, interview role. And I showed up and I had, I would always wear a suit. I had a faithful black pants suit that I would wear, black pants, black jacket. And that was like my interview suit, but I wore that interview suit to the interview for a technologist position and a first shift Generalist position, and when I went in there, and I can remember after I got the job, people were like, "Well, we thought you were applying for the supervisor role. We thought you was wanting to be the manager." How you came in here dressed, because at the time, and I didn't know it, they were looking for a supervisor, and it, it let me know that people do watch you and they do look at how you present yourself. So. I had already positioned myself for a position even greater than what I was going for at the time. And while that might seem like something pretty trivial, it is important the way that you present yourself, the wardrobe that you wear, how you carry yourself. Because what happens if you are so casual in the way that you carry yourself when you're looking to move into a leadership or supervisory opportunity when it comes up then people might not look at you as the serious candidate because you have been so relaxed so make sure that you are dressing for not just the part you want today but the part that you see yourself aiming for in the future and That was just something that I learned along the way many, many years ago. And so I've always when it came to interviews, regardless if it was this at the same level, you know, from a tech to tech position, from a tech to supervisor or tech to manager or director or whatever the case may be, I've always dressed as if I was going to be the CEO of the organization and that way that people are taking me seriously and it's increasing my visibility just based off of the way I have presented myself for the opportunity. Career mistake number three. I see this one a lot, well, more often than I would like, but career mistake number three is staying at a job that you dislike. If you dislike a job, It's time to go. It really is. So if you dislike your job, have enough respect for yourself to look for another job. Don't stay somewhere and suffer and have your colleagues suffer as well. Because if you strongly dislike something that much, you are probably bringing a negative attitude in the work environment. You could have turned the work environment toxic. And you're not a pleasure to be around and you're not letting your best light shine. And quite frankly, it's hard to do something you don't like well. It's also hard to hide the fact that you don't like your job. So do yourself a favor and find a company and position that you enjoy. Life is too short to feel like you are indebted to one particular company, one particular role, and you really don't like it. Know when it's time to go. So have that enough respect for yourself to know that I've stayed too long. I'm no longer productive. I've developed a bad attitude. I'm not working or doing my best here. And that could be due to a variety of reasons. It could be the environment is already toxic. It could be that you have poor leadership because people leave bad managers before they leave bad company they'll leave the bad manager first you know it could be you've outgrown that position and you're no longer challenged and so now it's just like uh i'm just here surviving and not thriving and so do yourself a favor you don't you don't have to stay until you retire from a position though those are not the days anymore, it's okay to find something else. And it's probably in your best interest to find something else versus staying in a job that you dislike. I've been at organizations and people have stayed there for whatever reason. They, I don't know if they weren't confident in their abilities to secure another job or they had been there for a long time, but they just stayed and stayed and stayed and they really became toxic in the department. Other people didn't want to work with them. They were not viewed as team players. And ultimately, some of the good workers left because that person hung around, that person was toxic, that person complained a lot, and the manager was not really doing anything about it. And so it gave the perception that their behavior, their attitude was okay. And so unfortunately, good people left. So my advice to you is if you find that you are that person that is toxic in your environment, then remove yourself. There are plenty of opportunities out here and it's not fair to your colleagues and ultimately it's not fair to yourself to stay in a position that you can't thrive in. There's other positions out here that you could probably be a rock star in. So that would be career failure number three, or mistake. Let me not say failure. Mistake number three is staying at a job that you dislike. Know and understand when you have stayed too long. Career mistake number four is failing to improve. Since you're going to the same place each day and doing the same things over and over, it only makes sense that you improve over time, right? So do your best to become an expert at your job, learning everything you can and do the best job that you can. It's that whole subscribing to lifelong learning. And as a Tech or medical laboratory professional, don't just get good in whatever is your technical expertise. So, for example, if you are a generalist in hematology and chemistry, don't just get great at hematology and chemistry. What else can you do to expand your skill set, to expand your knowledge, so that you truly are the best that you can be, right? when there are special projects that arise if there are safety projects that arise or quality or regulatory things get involved in some of those things so that you can start to broaden your skill set and it will not only will it diversify your skills and your expertise but it will allow you to learn new things that become your assets the more that you know and invest in yourself and invest in your growth, that is something that nobody can take away from you. That's something no employer can take away from you. So even if the employer has to do any kind of layoffs or any kind of you know, separations due to uh, financial issues with the organization, what you have invested in yourself and continue to learn over time will be something that nobody can take away from you and it'll be marketable. I've seen it happen. So when I first got into the industry, one of the major labs had came in and bought out bought all of the hospital labs in the city and I was just getting ready to graduate with my degree in August of that year. So our program finished in August and all of these people got laid off in February. So imagine that they've been working for the same employer. They went through a couple of buyouts. So the the labs were hospital labs and then the hospital sold it to this, uh, big reference lab, who in turn, after a year, they sold it to another reference lab. And over that time, they laid people off. I mean, if you were a specialist, like toxicology, for example, all of those people got laid off and they centralized that test into one of the larger reference labs. And so what happened is a lot of those professionals were out of work and they find themselves interviewing for jobs after being at one employer for you know 15 years, 20 years, 25 years, and now they're back out interviewing. And what we found is that they were interviewing for these opportunities and they hadn't continued to improve. So they were great experts in their particular niche or discipline. They were great at toxicology, Well, the opportunities that available at the time were not toxicology. And so since they failed to get great in other disciplines, they had a harder time finding a new job with the new organization because they failed to improve their skills and failed to diversify what they know. And so that is a career mistake because you just never know. You know, I've seen it happen, you know, a few times where there's been massive layoffs. I've also seen in my career in one city where they closed down two large hospitals. Now, I've been on this planet for 40 years and I've never seen one city, at least in my lifetime, close two major hospital organizations in one city, in a small city at that. And so think about all of those professionals that stayed safe, they played it safe, they were good in their particular specialty, but they didn't continue to improve. They didn't continue to become the expert in not just their space, in their lane, but also adventure to other lanes so that they could be marketable. And what happens when there's big layoffs like that or hospital closures or huge uh, organizational changes or buyouts, then what happens is those people who are affected are all applying for the same few jobs. And then they look and say, well, what makes you stand out over this person? I mean, do you say, well, I got 20 years of toxicology experience But the opportunities have nothing to do with toxicology. So failing to improve, failing to subscribe to continuous learning would be career mistake number four. Career mistake number five, and this one you may or may not agree with me on, but chasing money. I know we all want to get paid more, but... Sometimes chasing money is not all what it's cracked up to be. We all want to work to earn money, but money really isn't the only consideration, especially when you think about your career. I know depending on where you're at in your career, especially if you're early on, you you are thinking like, yeah, I need the money. You know, I got student loans. I've been in school for a long time. I've been sacrificing. And so it is about the money, but There are some things that you have to consider, too, is like, do you like the company? So the company that you are even with, do you even like that company? You know, sometimes we make decisions about the money and we go to companies or organizations that are not a good fit. The industry, you know, they. For medical laboratory professionals, there are a variety of industries that you can get into, into our profession. You can go in the hospital, you can go into research, you can go into government. I mean, you can go into education. There are a lot of different sectors that you can go into just with a degree in medical laboratory science or medical laboratory technology. So think about that, the industry, you know, sometimes people say, well, I'm going to go in pharmaceuticals because they make more money you know, but that industry may not be a good fit for you. And I can tell you from personal experience, I have worked and I've worked in hospital, I've worked in reference, I've worked in the pharmaceutical industry or clinical trials industry. And I can tell you from personal experience that the clinical trials industry was not for me. I went uh, about the money. I was early in my career and I left, a reference lab and went over to pharmaceutical. Actually, I left a, a government lab and went over to uh, a clinical trials or pharmaceutical lab. And it was so different than what I was used to. It, it really was almost like a reference setting where it was high production, tons of volume, but I felt so disconnected to the patient, even though our studies were all had patience. It just felt more factory to me. And even though I was making a few more dollars, the environment, uh, and maybe it was because of that organization as well, but it, it was not a good career decision. And needless to say, I didn't stay that long. So sometimes the money does not, sometimes the money does not, will not keep you if it's an environment that's not conducive to to you the company isn't good the industry isn't good you know maybe the boss that you report to you know there is some bad blood there or you know it's not somebody you would desire to work for maybe the team is not a cohesive team these are all things that chasing the money is, is not going to keep you there and it could be a career mistake. Sometimes it's the city. You may go to a city for an opportunity and it's a city that you do not want to be in. You, if you are a person that's used to the big city, you're used to a lot of action, you're used to a city that don't sleep and you go to a city that's a little bit, not a little bit, a lot slower pace, almost country-like You're not going to like it at all. If it's not a progressive city and you are used to a fast progressive city, it doesn't matter how much money they pay you. You're not going to stick around. And you got to think about benefits. There's more to a job than just making money. I can remember early in my career as a new tech I, I did. I did a lot of job hopping early in my career. I worked a job, maybe stayed there for a year, and then I went somewhere else and maybe stayed there for a couple of years. And early in my career, quite frankly, it was about the money. It was like I'm making an extra $2 here or the shift differential over here is $4. And it was really jumping from the skillet to the frying pan, and although I was making an extra 2 to $4 an hour, which sounds like a lot, uh, but in the grand scheme of things, sometimes it just wasn't worth it. And I would make those moves, you know, either for, oh, I'm going to be able to learn one additional area here, but more so, oh, my hourly wage is more. They're paying me the shift diff, so I'm going to make more here. And a lot of... Uh, Newer techs or people that are new in the industry have that same uh, work ethic that I did. And, you know, I would just say, just think about why you're making those moves. I understand when people have bills to pay, they're paying back student loans and all of that. But think about, are those career moves positioning you for where you really want to be? When I think back, off of my own personal experiences, there are some jobs that I probably could have cut out that I did, they were not in alignment with where I needed to be. They didn't give me anything more. Yeah, I did make a few more dollars uh, on the hour, but for some of the stress, the headache, the extra work, the poor climate, the bad, mor- bad work morale, in some cases, the poor... Uh, work ethic, uh, in some places, ethics issues and integrity issues. It, In the grand scheme of things, some of those were not worth it. The money was not worth it. I would advise you, if you haven't already, check out episode 25, Defining Your Career Roadmap. And I talk about this a lot in that episode of figuring out where it is that you want to be in the next three to five years, and then back filling with experiences and opportunities. And if in that, it caused you to change jobs to get to where you ultimately want to be, so be it, you know, but don't make it be about, I'm just, I want an extra few dollars here, or they paying a sign on bonus here, because believe me, and I have a lot of contacts in a lot of different areas across the globe. And the story is the same, you know? So be careful before you jump from the skillet to the frying pan over an extra $2 an hour. Sometimes the headache and the stress is, is not worth it. But on that, and this part, you might not like me very well, is taking opportunities that you know that are not a good fit for you. And you're probably saying, coach T, what do you mean by that? Now, you know that your skills, you were great tech. You were awesome in your role. A supervisor role come available and you've been at the organization, you know, maybe the longest, or because you were great tech, they wanna move you into this supervisory role. And this goes back to chasing the money. And you say, oh, that position makes more money, I'm gonna take it, but you know, that that's not a position that's a good fit for your skills, for your strengths. Don't do it. Do not get into a position that you are not passionate about because you will not perform well. Things that, And that goes back to staying in a role that you dislike. And I mention that because so many times people think they chase the money and they think, well, if I get a larger title, I get more money. And that's ultimately, you know, the way to go. And it's not the way to go if the position is not a good fit for you and your strengths. You want to be in a position that allows you to shine. So I say all of that to say, because I've seen this happen many times as well, uh, that people get promoted into supervisor, manager roles, and they go from being shining star to on a performance improvement plan just because it wasn't a good fit. And you got to know your strengths to know that, you know what, the supervisor role is not the next best fit. You can get an increase in salary without being a supervisor. There are other disciplines in our profession with the degree that you have that will position you to have more wealth in this career. You just gotta know, again, by knowing your career roadmap, what skills, people, education, what you need in your toolbox so that you are ready to land a job of your dreams or a career of your dreams, so that you're ready to get promoted. And then ultimately what happens is you get paid your worth. Then that's how you chase the money. <laughs> not just making decisions just to earn money just to get a few dollars and it doesn't make sense ultimately you don't want to chase money you want to get paid your worth right so those are five big career mistakes that you can avoid and i'm going to give you one more as a bonus one more and this is this is a bonus. You can just you take it or leave it, but it is a bonus one. And you may or may not agree with it. But a career mistake that some people make is they fail to make their boss look good. I know. I know. So whether you like your boss or not, here's the thing. They potentially have a lot of control over your future. So making your boss look good is a is really a positive for your future it, and it does not hurt you making him or her look bad doesn't improve your future for sure so here's the thing consider how your words your actions and your decisions impact your boss so this is kind of one of those unspoken rules but if you've ever uh, read my book some leaders wear lab coats i talk about this All the time knowing your boss because again you don't know what rooms they are in you don't know what opportunities that might have been presented to them where they need to select somebody for those opportunities or think about somebody on their team that would be a good fit so failing to make your boss look good and really if you do your work and I'm sure your boss has tons of projects, tons of projects. Managers always do have tons of things that they have to do. Think about ways that you can be an asset for them. And I know you like, I'm not kissing up to my boss and this and that. But then you're wondering why you're, why everybody around you are moving and you still standing still. So, you know, think about that. I've seen it happen in the workplace many, many times. Where employees just bad talk their boss. I mean, they just you know bad talk their boss in the environment with the colleagues. And then what happens is that information gets back to the boss, and maybe it don't even get back to your direct boss. Maybe it gets back to another manager. And what if I if what if I was the other manager and I had an opportunity? That doesn't make me want to give you that opportunity because if you would do them like that, then you could be the same way on my team and I wouldn't want that drama. So that's like a bonus, you know, a mistake that I've seen people make more times than I can count is making their boss look bad, throwing their boss under the bus and that doesn't do you any good. Like I said, some especially if your boss has that potential, you know, to be able to recommend you for other opportunities or be able to connect you with somebody, you don't want to burn a bridge uh, that you don't need to burn. So before you try to reinvent the wheel at work, focus on being the employee that makes the fewest career mistakes. If you avoid these 5 errors that I talked about today including the bonus will greatly aid your career and your earning power over the years in many instances avoiding mistakes can be more powerful than doing something incredible so today we talked about those five big career mistakes that you should avoid being failing a network making poor wardrobe or tire decisions, failing to improve or subscribe to lifelong continuous learning, staying at a job that you dislike, chasing the money, and then the bonus was failing to make your boss look good. If you found something out of this podcast today, if you got value out of these practical tips that you can start implementing right away, please leave a comment. Let me know that you listen. Let me know if you agree, disagree. If you have some other big career mistakes that the listening audience would benefit from, if you could just leave it in the comments, would be great so that we could share with fellow laboratorians new professionals coming into the industry that might be a little bit green behind the ears and not aware of some of these things so that they're able to get off to a good start in their careers would be awesome. Quick call to action for you. If you have not already, please subscribe to this podcast, Elaborate Topics. You can find all of the episodes along with other leadership and professional growth podcasts at directimpactbroadcasting.com. Please make sure you connect with the co hosts, myself, Lona Small, and Stephanie Whitehead over on LinkedIn. And you can also join our LinkedIn community. Elaborate Topics is the group if you are not already connected. If you could share this podcast out, share it with a friend, share it with a colleague. And until next week where we have another amazing show with another amazing leader, have an awesome week. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Elaborate Topics where your hosts discussed relevant strategies for laboratory professionals. Please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and listen to us on directimpactbroadcasting.com. Stay tuned for another episode with information you can use to excel in your laboratory career.